It's after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Palavra e Hallelujah 
in the AM. That's uh, Eighth Day, Moses and Me. Mordechai ben David's Aishas Chal. You heard Matanot Kanado done by uh, Rami Kleinstein, Yaakov Shweki, and Kamu Baneha. Bosh Shabbos, that's Achenu, and from Regesh, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Friday on this June 9th, the 15th of Sivan. Good morning, all. Erev Shabbos, Parshas Baaloscha with candle lighting in New York at 8.06. A lot of synagogues begin earlier. Make sure you know when things start where you are. 55 degrees, mostly sunny, a high of 81. Expect the same tomorrow in this area. In Israel, in Yerushalayim specifically, 92 degrees. That prompted listener Malki, who's in Yerushalayim, to let us know that you could actually bake pita. <laughs> you bake pita on the streets of Jerusalem. It's so hot. 
Um, well, for those who like the warm weather, I guess that's welcome news. Um, yeah, we miss Jerusalem. I can tell you, no matter what the weather is, we miss Jerusalem. That's for sure. It's Friday means our weekly update is coming up just over an hour from now. Malcolm Holman will join us. We'll discuss the events and the uh, news items of the week. Uh, mazel tov to Shalom Dworkin, Malcolm's grandson. Got bar mitzvah yesterday. We say mazel tov from all of us here at uh, JM and the AM. I was at a wonderful simcha last night. Want to take this uh, opportunity to wish a mazel tov to the Weintraub and Turin families. Uh, last evening was the wedding of um, uh, Hani Weintraub and Shlomi Turin. The Weintraubs from Lakewood, the Turins from out in Chicago, Illinois. So we say Mazal Tov. It was great being there last night down in Lakewood, New Jersey for the big Simcha. Got the news early this morning about the, actually I got the news yesterday afternoon. <laughs> uh, but then uh, uh, but then the uh, word continues to spread and people are talking about the big Simcha that uh, has just been announced and became official yesterday afternoon. Want to wish the Levy and Rosenberg families a Mazal Tov. Uh, Jordan Levy and um, Matthew Rosenberg are a recently engaged couple, as recent as last night. Mazal Tov to uh, Etty and Sal Levy out in uh, Woodmere, excuse me, out in Lawrence, and Carolyn Meisch Rosenberg out in Woodmere. I uh, wish both of their families a very special Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. And as I say, got that uh, got, got that word last night, or yeah, more accurately, yesterday afternoon. And the uh, celebration is on. So we say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Friday morning with 55 degrees, JM in the AM at 8.06 is candle lighting time. On this era of Shabbos, putting together our list of topics for uh, our weekly update. Dudu Fisher is expected to join us at some point today. He is expected in studio. He's got a big show on Sunday in New York City. We'll talk about that. Don't forget that Yiddish Soul is Wednesday night. Circle your calendar. The weather's supposed to be spectacular. It starts 7 p.m. on the summer stage at 72nd Street and 5th Avenue in New York City. Um, don't forget Monday is a is a new music alert Monday for us. Nachas is expected in studio with his brand-new album this coming Monday at 8 a.m. Nachas in studio this coming Monday morning at 8 a.m. Want to wish a mazel tov to all the graduates out there. Lots of graduations, lots of people heading to the next step in their world of academia. Want to wish a special mazel tov to Mayanot Yeshiva High School. Their graduation is Sunday morning. Looking forward to being there and participating. Mazel tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Plenty more coming up if you keep it right here at JM in the AM. Yeah, 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 yeah
שכל חוכמה וחוכמה שבעולם יש לו זמר וניגון מיוחד שכל חוכמה וחוכמה שבעולם יש לו זמר וניגון מיוחד
J.M. in the A.M., a great Hatan Kala song by Mordechai Shapiro. It's called Hayom. We'll dedicate that to uh, Jordan Levy and Matthew Rosenberg. And again, a mazel tov to Etienne Sal, uh, the Levy's out in uh, Lawrence, and to uh, Carolyn Amish, the Rosenberg's in uh, Woodmere. A very special mazel tov. Jordan and Matthew are engaged. And we say mazel tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Minute before 7 o'clock Friday morning on this era of Shabbos, you heard the uh, selection by Mordechai Shapiro. Uh, before that, it was uh, Diaspora with Yismach Moshe. Nigun HaChachma done by Simcha Liner. Shlomo Katz off of the Likrat Shabbat album. The Friedman family, Avramel and family with Kavodo. Shalshalas had Kela Kavod. Moses and Me was done by uh, Eighth Day. It's JM and the AM on a Friday, Erev Shabbos, America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world on the web at NachumSegal.com, on the NachumSegal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Galei Tzal in the background, we'll do our news from Israel coming up here at JM and the AM. Uh, weekly update, 7.40 this morning with Malcolm Honline. And again, a mazal tov to Shalom Madorkin, the bar mitzvah boy from last night. Reminder, Yiddish Soul happening this coming Wednesday. It happens in uh, Central Park on the summer stage. It's a free concert. The weather's supposed to be great. The show is always great. And it's supposed to be, uh, well, it's supposed to be great weather. The show's always great. And it's free. It's free, free, free. <laughs> 7 p.m. this coming, uh, oh, listen to that. Today's June 9th. They're playing Harabayat Biadenu in the background. Wow. June 9th, 1967, 50 years ago. Uh, Yiddish Soul is the um, is the show. Summer Stage is coming Wednesday night. It's a 100% totally, absolutely free. Keep that in mind. Malcolm Holmline at 740 or by Uden at 815. Dudu Fisher was slated to stop by. Naomi Nachman's on at 9 o'clock before the Kedem Erev Shabbos music mix. Today, Naomi's guests include Victoria Dweck, Jill Deshay, Moses Wendell, and Alex Remmer. They're all part of the Table for Two program coming up starting at 9 a.m. Eastern time. You'll hear it on the network, and of course, you can see it at NachumSingle.com on the homepage. Friday Live Lunch, Mark Zamek will do that starting at 1 p.m. Saturday Night Siegel tomorrow night with Avrami. Rabbi Zwickler, etc. And Dematis with JM Sunday, early Sunday morning between 7 and 9 a.m. Matis kicks off the week in grand fashion. Make sure to be tuned in. Galei Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday is next. Boker Tov from Jam Dan. Galei Tzal, Asha'a 2, Kan Daniel Litvin, Ima Shikore Akshav. Nesir Tzot Abrit Trump, Megiv Al Edut Rosha FBI Amudach, Komi Ba Senat Etmol, Veomer, Komi Hu Amadlif. כתבנו נתנאל דרשן. בציוץ בחשבון הטוויטר שלו כתב טראמפ, למרות כל כך הרבה הצהרות כוזבות ושקרים, יש פה זיכוי מוחלט, ווואו, קומי הוא מדליף. הנשיא התייחס להודעתו של קומי, לפיה דאג שתוכן שיחותיו עם הנשיא יודלף לתקשורת, על מנת לקדם פתיחת חקירה בעניין התנהלות טראמפ.
שר הביטחון ליברמן קרא לשגרירת ארצות הברית באו"ם ניקי היילי לפעול להרחקה מלבנון של בכיר חמאס שגורש מקטאר הפועל להוצאת פיגועים נגד ישראל, כתבנו טל אברהם. שר הביטחון חשף הפגישה כי בכיר חמאס, סאלח הרורי ועוד שני בכירים נוספים שגורשו מקטאר נמצאים עכשיו בלבנון ומתכוונים להמשיך לתכנן משם פיגועים בישראל. מדבריו עולה כי במערכת הביטחון חוששים כי מלבנון בגלל חיזבאללה ואיראן הוא אף יהיה מסוכן הרבה יותר. לכן ארה״ב צריכה לדרוש מממשלת לבנון לגרש את הבכירים. שלושה צעירים נעצרו בחשד למעורבות באונס צעירה באילת, מדווח כתבנו רמי שני. חשד המשטרה, לאור בעקבות דיווח על צעירה שנראתה נסערת ובוכייה באחד הרחובות בעיר, היא הובאה לחקירה שנערכה בפני חוקרת עבירות מין ואלימות, וגוללה בפניה התנהלות עבריינית כלפיה במהלך שהותה עם השלושה בדירה באילת. החשד הוא כי אחד הצעירים אנס אותה בנוכחות השניים האחרים. בהמשך יוחלט אם להביאם בפני שופט לדיון בהארכת מעצרם. פעוטה בת שנתיים מתל שבע שבנגב נחנקה למוות לאחר שסוכריה נתקעה בגרונה. צוות של מגן דוד אדום שהגיע למקום ביצע בה פעולות החייאה, אך נאלץ לקבוע את מותה. ראש ממשלת בריטניה תרזה מיי תבקש מהמלכה להקים את הממשלה הבאה, זאת לאחר שמפלגתה זכתה במספר הקולות הגדול ביותר, אך איבדה את הרוב המוחלט בפרלמנט. כתבתנו כרמל דנגור. מי צפויה להגיע בשעה הקרובה לארמון המלוכה הבריטי ולבקש מהמלכה אליזבת השנייה את הרשות להתחיל במגעים רשמיים להקמת הממשלה. גורמים במפלגת DPU הצפון אירית אמרו לרשת סקאי ניוז כי יתמכו בבקשת מי להקים ממשלה בהשתתפותם. לפי שעה נותר רק מחוז בחירה אחד שטרם הכריז על תוצאות סופיות. קצין מילואים בדרגת סגן, מהגדוד שבו הושעה המ"פ שסירב להוציא את חייליו לתרגיל, לאחר שלא קיבלו מספיק שעות שינה כמחויב על פי פקודות מטכ"ל, ביקש לעזוב את הגדוד כמחאה. הקצין אמר לגל"צ כי מדובר במ"פ מצטיין, שאינו עושה הנחות לחיילים באימונים, וחבל לאבד קצין כמוהו. מדובר צה"ל נמסר בתגובה, הקצין המשרת במחלקת השלישות ביקש לסיים את תפקידו לאחר השעיית המ"פ בשל אירוע סירוב פקודה. המופע ומה אעשה בחרב הזאת, שעוררת התנגדות שרת התרבות רגב בשל העירום המלא המוצג בו, מתחיל בשעה זו בפסטיבל ישראל. המנהל האומנותי של הפסטיבל, אייל שר, אמר לכתבתנו יובל אונגר, כי חבל שהעירום לקח את תשומת הלב מהמופע עצמו. זה מופע שקצת חבל על כל התשומת לב שהוא קיבל סביב נושא העירום, לעומת הנושאים החשובים שהוא עוסק בהם, שזה מתקפת הטרור בת הכלן. ההתעסקות בעירום כרגע היא הופכת ללא מכובדת ולא מכבדת. תחזית מזג האוויר היום תחול ירידה קלה בטמפרטורות, אך יוסיף להיותך מהרגיל עד שרבי ברוב אזורי הארץ. בשבת ירידה ניכרת בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות שעורכת קרן בן מרדכי בצוות ענבר טוויזר ורומי קפלן.
JM in the AM with Shlomo Katz. That's called uh, Mehera. Before that, Yismuchu done by Mordechai and David. Yankee Lemmers, Miros Medley, and of course, he'll be part of um, of Kulterfest, the Yiddish Soul, this coming Wednesday night. A free concert, 50, I keep saying 52nd, 72nd Street and 5th Avenue in New York City. Weekly update coming up. Malcolm Holmline's going to join us. We'll do the weekly update, find out what's happening out there in this amazing world of ours. Um, what do I want to tell everybody out there? Oh, we got brand new Mordechai Ben David next. Brand new Mordechai Ben David off of the Tsa'aka album coming up next here at JM in the AM. Yeah. Candle lighting 806 in the New York area on this era of Shabbos. A lot of things happening this weekend. We'll try to get to our community calendar coming up. Today's the yard site of the three boys. Naftali, Ayal, and Gilad. Today's the yard site of the three boys. Keep them in mind. Um, 17 minutes after the hour, I want to wish a mazel tov to the Levy and Rosenberg families. The Levy's in Lawrence, the Rosenbergs in Woodmere. Jordan and Matthew are a recently engaged couple. We say mazel tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Mazel tov. Monday, Nachas in studio. Nachas is out with a brand new album. Monday, he joins us in studio, 8 o'clock hour right here at JM in the AM. Brand new Mordechai Ben David.
Gula boy, oi boy, boy, kalo toy remuneam, se gula boy, boy, kalo, boy, kalo.
J.M. and the A.M. Friday morning on this era of Shabbos. Candlelighting 8.06 in the New York area. Many synagogues begin earlier. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Matis has J.M. Sunday this coming Sunday morning starting at 7 a.m. Eastern time. At 7 a.m. Eastern time, Matis hosts J.M. Sunday uh, this coming Sunday and every Sunday morning. Thank you, Matis. Tomorrow night, it's Avrami with Saturday Night Siegel. Make sure to be tuned in. Everybody's Wickler joins him for the Torah portion. Friday morning on this era of Shabbos with uh, the weekly update just minutes away. Malcolm Holine is going to be joining us. Weekly update is minutes away. Mazel tov to all the graduates out there. Today, we say mazel tov to the Mayanot class of 2017. The Mayanot graduation slated for this coming Sunday. We say mazel tov to Yonina Siegel and all of her classmates. Mayanot Yeshiva High School in Teaneck, New Jersey celebrates this coming Sunday. The graduation of their seniors. Mazal tov from all of us here 
at JM in the AM. Nachas is in studio Monday. Nachas with a brand new album entitled MS stops by Monday, 8 o'clock hour here at JM in the AM. Looking forward to that. Don't forget, we have an amazing uh, lineup all through today. Naomi Nachman, a brand new edition of Table for Two. Guests include Victoria Dweck, Jill Duche, Moses Wendell, and Alex Remmer. Kedemer of Shabbos Music Mix starts at 10 o'clock, 1 p.m. for the Friday Live Lunch brought to you by Kedem, hosted by our very own Mark Zamek. All the way till candlelighting time, just leave your app on, your computer on, your phone on, leave it on all day long, and you will be fine, trust me. Sunday's the Bialystoker Synagogue brunch here on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. You can go to Bialystoker Synagogue at gmail.com. For information, Congregation Priates Chaim, we spoke to Rabbi Berg earlier in the week. This Sunday, the uh, dinner happens at the Young Israel of Avenue K. Mazal tov to the Bergs from all of us here at JM and the AM. The phone number for information is 718-743-5533. Want to wish a mazal tov to our good friend Herbie Kaiser. Congregation-based Yitzchak Chevret Tehillim of Elizabeth, New Jersey has its uh, dinner coming up on Sunday. And they'll honor uh, Herbert Kaiser, recognizing over two decades of dedicated and tireless service to the shul. And Ira Penner, Mazal Tov to the honorees. It's this coming Sunday night at the Y in Union County. And uh, again, we say Mazal Tov. Nice to recognize an old friend. Um, play for partners. You know that Partners in Torah has an amazing three-on-three basketball tournament this coming Sunday in Mawa, New Jersey at Downtown Sports. If you haven't yet signed up or if you have not yet uh, sponsored a team, Playforpartners.com. Play the number four, partners.com. Playforpartners.com. Reminder to TABC Breakfast, their annual scholarship breakfast is this coming Sunday, uh, honoring Miriam and Ezra Lightman and Michelle and Ben Cooper. We say Mazal Tov. The event is in support of the Bruce uh, Ritholtz Scholarship Fund. Happens this coming Sunday at TABC. We, TABC, we say Mazal Tov to the honorees from all of us here at uh, JM in the AM. The Kulanu Fair is at Andrew Paris Park in Cedarhurst. It's coming Sunday beginning at 12.30 p.m. Information 516-569-3083. Want to wish a Mazal Tov to Rafi Fishbaum. Rafi Fishbaum has his uh, bar mitzvah tomorrow at the new Springville Jewish Center on Staten Island. Mazel Tov Rafi. And then the big celebration in Brooklyn on Sunday. To Rafi Fishbaum and to Matt and Shani Fishbaum, we say Mazel Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Great news. Malcolm Holmline, weekly update coming up. Plenty more if you keep it at JM in the AM. Shama, 
In the AM, Friday morning on this Erev Shabbos. Kendall Lenny at 8.06 in the New York area. That's Michal Przanski, by the way. I uh, want to wish a Mazdav again to the uh, Levy and Rosenberg families. Uh, Jordan Levy, Matthew Rosenberg, they are a recently engaged couple. We say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. I um, want to wish a Mazdav to the Weintraub and Turin families. We were there last night in Lakewood, New Jersey. Nice to be at... Uh, at a wedding and see a whole bunch of relatives I have not seen in a while. 
So mazal tov to both families from all of us. The wine traubs in uh, in Lakewood and the Turins from Chicago, Illinois, from all of us here at JM in the AM. I want to thank our friends at JewishWorldReview.com. Check them out and print that about, oh, I don't know, a 1,000 articles or so before Shabbos. So you can check out all the different articles they are posting and uh, enjoy them, all about the Jewish world. Also want to thank our friends at OnlySimchas.com. OnlySimchas.com continues. And by the way, this includes our parade coverage and a bunch of coverage we did in Israel. I had some great stuff from what we did in Israel during Yom Yushalayim week. Thank you to OnlySimchas.com, whose news feed is not just Simcha news now, but a whole bunch of unique and interesting news from around the Jewish world. Check out OnlySimchas.com at least once a day. I might even suggest more, frankly. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations and joins us on this Friday morning for the weekly update. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. Good to be with you, Nechum. And I take this opportunity to wish Shalom Dworkin a mazel tov. I'm sure it was an amazing bar mitzvah celebration last evening, Mr. Honline. Well, it was truly remarkable. He's an amazing young man, goes to Paris, Israel, and he's... uh, Thank God, became a man and assumed the responsibilities with great dignity and devotion. And he's uh, thank God the, the Shabbos he'll be uh, he'll be doing all the things that a bar mitzvah boy does. And uh, and uh, Baruch Hashem, it's another important message and milestone. And every child is uh, is our response to the attempts to take away our future, and every Jewish child is the future of the Jewish people. No, no question about that. Some might say that you're a bit biased in this case. I, not being a grandparent yet, can't speak to this topic, but apparently grandparents in general heap the praise on their grandchildren, Mr. Online. Yeah, but they lie. I'm telling the truth. (laughs) (laughs) So to Shalom, we say Mazel Tov, and of course to Mayor and Chavi, we say Mazel Tov from all of us here. At JM in the AM. By the way, speaking of celebrations, community-wide celebration, let, let's at least give kudos to those who did come out, the thousands who were there on Sunday celebrating Israel on Fifth Avenue. As you've pointed out a million times before, it's an important message to the uh, local Jewish uh, community and beyond, to the American community in general, including Washington, and of course to Israel as well. By the way, a lot of good representation from Israel on Sunday. There, were, for, there was a confluence of factors that different... Uh, delegations had come. One didn't even make it uh, because of the, their flight was delayed, but uh, others were there, and it was, uh, and the weather was beautiful, and people very spirited, uh, I think, this time. Uh, and that's, uh, maybe it's because of the Jerusalem 50 celebrations that really right. lifted people. Yeah, I think that uh, helps. Uh, that okay. helps, but, yeah. but also I think people more and more recognize you know, the importance right now. You see all the uncertainties, the elections in, in Great Britain, the events with Qatar, with Saudi Arabia versus Iran and Turkey. The, the, I mean, literally every day, a new, new question marks, even domestically, the, the obsession with the, Mr. Comey's hearings yesterday and with the, who, who said what to whom. Uh, the, the, I think people are looking at what is really important and, and trying to refocus. And the parade is an opportunity to do that. And But we have to remember that it can't just be one day a year. It's got to be carried out like Yom Yerushalayim. The celebration of Yerushalayim of Jerusalem has to be continued throughout the year. It's not enough just to, to do it once or every 50 years to celebrate the reunification, but to celebrate it every day. We do it in our tefillot, but people don't pay attention to it. The 
that so many of our prayers deal with Yerushalayim, with the return, the significance to remind us all the time of it, and that focus will help us with our, our with sustaining the inheritance that we we owe to future generations. No question about it. It's one of the reasons we've already here started counting down to April the 19th of 2018, which is Israel 70. And I'm not kidding. We've already started discussing it here internally and on the air. So, uh, hey, why not Why not celebrate? We, we do such a good job when the bad news, unfortunately, comes across the table. Why not celebrate the good things that the community has uh, to celebrate worldwide? So Israel 70 is coming up next year. Plenty of details as we get closer and closer. And by the way, um, I'm, I'm reminding our audience that uh, that very often, well, you know what, let me, let me remind the audience about something that's unifying for a moment. Today is the third yard site of the three boys, Gilad, Naftali, and um, Ayal. Uh, the three boys brought a tremendous amount of Jewish unity and really unity from uh, around the uh, uh, entire global spectrum, as uh, Racheli Frankel would say, uh, during that time. And in some ways, it's hard to believe it's three years. In some ways, it's e- easy to believe that it's already three years. Um, but those types of, and it's a shame that it took that type of event to unify everybody. But I'm just for a moment concentrating on the unifying event, Malcolm. There's plenty to divide us. Let us concentrate for a moment on an event like this, which, of course, united and continues to unite us. Absolutely. And, and it is sad that it has to be. I mean, we should come together when there are bad things, but that shouldn't be the, the essence. Look at it. It says in the parsha about the uh, the and you 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 have to rejoice, and we have to be commanded sometimes to rejoice, because it's it's too easy to fall into the into the trap of of only looking at the negatives and and responding to them. But they say the hardest commandment is sometimes to infuse joy into our celebrations and to our daily life, and realize all the great miracles that have occurred to us and the things that have happened to us that really warrant. Uh, us and 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 if we and I said this last night, so to give me one second about the in next week's parsha where we talk about the, the Miraglim, the scouts who went to Israel because you can't say spies now, but the scouts <laughs> who went to Israel that that they say that Gehagavim uh, that we were like grasshoppers, but if you read it carefully, it says in our eyes and in theirs that others will look at us as we look at ourselves. And we have to think about the image we project, and that that often determines the outcome. That if you go into something with a negative negative outlook, if you can only rally because you have a negative and because you don't think of the consequences and you don't think about how others perceive it, then you're missing the whole point. And that the, the... the determination about how others will see us depends on how we see ourselves. If we see ourselves as weak, if we see ourselves only in a negative sense, then that's how the world will perceive us and treat us. Well, if we come in with confidence and strength, then you see that the world... And that's, look at Israel. Look at the whole world, the region. Everybody turns to Israel, all these countries that whose majority of their population is still hostile and stuff. Because Israel sees itself as strong and, and, and as, a, as significant. Right, but not always and not in every political arena. Right. Uh, it's not always, and, and some of it's really frustrating to watch. In fact, the words you just mentioned I wish could go straight to the ears of some of the leaders, the political leaders in Israel. You remind me of the famous Ben-Gurion quote, and I know this is really paraphrasing, I don't think he said it exactly like this, but he's not worried about what the nations say he's worried about what the Jews do and once the Jews decide to do something then as you say you know the 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 actual uh, projection or the actual uh, reputation 
of the Jewish people could change in an instant. Long um, before Ben-Gurion, Shimshon Fogel Hirsch, and the first Rashi in Chumash says, said, I'm not, when, when it says, you know, the, the first Rashi explains why the Torah begins not with the first mitzvah of Rosh Chodesh, but why it begins with the creation of the world, because he said the time will come when the world will say, listen, Matem, you are robbers, you stole the land. And you will be able to show, this is what Rashi says, that uh, according to his father, that, that God gave this, created the world, he gave this land to us as an eternal inheritance. And Hirsch says, it's not because you have to worry what the nations, what the non-Jews will say. You've got to worry about when Jews have doubts. Right. Not, the world will always challenge us. But if the Jews have doubts, then we're in trouble. That is for sure. Okay, uh, we move on to some of the events of the week and some of the news of the last few days. What do you make of this uh, a vote in Great Britain that you alluded to? We, we spoke almost jokingly about the possibility of a miscalculation by the prime minister. It, it seems to have materialized in that way. What do you think the aftermath of this vote's going to be? Well, I think, I mean, the implications are, are tremendous uh, internally for Great Britain. But I think all of us ought to take note about what happened. And I think uh, a lot of it, from what I can see, may, may uh, be the, the uh, turnout of young people who are who were rejecting uh, her her platform, and whether it's over specifically Brexit, the exit from from the European Union, and the fact that they work so slowly, people aren't sure about the impact and the huge mistakes she made with her manifesto, with the policy paper that she put forward, and it was she who called it. It was um, Mrs. May who called it, thinking that she was going to expand her parliamentary majority. Now she's lost it. But I, I am sure that the pundits are going to start drawing comparisons to here in the United States about this uncertainty about, you know, what will happen in the 2018 off-year elections for, for Congress, which obviously are very important, let alone the 2020 elections, which people are beginning to focus and the, the obsessive uh, focus on, on some of the developments of the last few days rather than on the really important substantive issues that uh, that challenge us and, fo- and we're focused on and this this is very significant for the Jewish community that and and for Israel because the leader of the labor party uh, has been labeled as as having made anti-semitic comments or being associated with it and uh, certainly hostile to Israel over a long period of time uh, so the implications are are very serious in the question you know how this plays out in in the future for their negotiations, I don't think they can revisit the Brexit vote, or are likely to. But uh, and will she govern with a minority government, uh, and how that will affect uh, her essentially pro-Israel stance? When this they is t- me. when they talk about a formation of government, it's essentially the same way it works in Israel. Where now she'll get permission to try to form it, and 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 again, like you say, it won't be a full majority, which we never have in Israel. By the way, there's never really a full majority. Uh, but in uh, but in the House of Commons, that does happen, or it's very common. Um, she would have a She would pick up one of the other minority parties, right. not the Labour Party. Right. And and it's interesting to see that other parties, you know, are are, are disappearing in, in England. It's uh, it, it'll be studied for a long time, but I think it's it's an important message. We should we have to understand the dynamic behind it. Uh, Corbyn tried to, I think, to po- uh, posit himself sort of like Bernie Sanders certainly some of his positions, and appealing to, to young voters who did turn out. This whole era of the electoral process around the world is unbelievable to analyze. 
and it's uh, it, the whole atmosphere is one that you know I'm, I'm wondering what kind of how this is going to be referred to years from now in terms of this period of time with all these different unexpected votes taking place. I think that's true. There, there are um, more elections coming up, uh, but the the um, no one no one was surprised by the Iran uh, result. And, no, and nobody's nobody really can predict anything anymore. Well, nobody even was, though we have more information and more and closer scrutiny. You see that the polls and things as they were in America yeah. are way but off. The, but the only reason, for instance, in France, that anybody suspected that she might win was because of the atmosphere. It, it, and the election basically did end up, you know, going according to the polls in that one. It just, I guess, it depends, you know, what the election is and who the personalities are. Well, the, the feeling in France was that the, di- the dynamic was with her, that it was moving right. in her direction, when in fact it seems to have been arrested. And, and I think people still in Europe don't want to vote for what they perceive to be extremist uh, parties. But here you have a pretty extreme left on the left side in Corbyn, and uh, and the Jewish community is obviously very disturbed in Great Britain because of, of what he stands for, and he probably didn't get more than 15% of the Jewish vote. Yeah. Hey, what do you think of Nikki Haley? I think I may vote for her for future Jewish leader. What do you think? <laughs> well, when she becomes Jewish, she can do that. Exactly. But uh, obviously her visit to Israel, very high profile, very visible. And uh, I'm not sure in this administration that's a good thing, but uh, she's she's clearly saying the right things, talks about the U.N. as a cesspool, bias against Israel, and uh, hopefully she'll come back and, and continue to do that at the United Nations. Do you think the U.S. will leave the United Nations uh, Human Rights Council? No, I don't think so right now. But, uh, I mean, this has been talked about for a long time. It's so biased, and it's, it's uh, it, I mean, there's almost no way to overcome the bias. It appears that, that you have the worst nations in the world sitting in judgment, constantly condemning Israel. And these things are having implications. We have important things coming out of the United Nations, and they don't get much coverage. But you know that the, the the listing of companies that do business in in uh, in Judea and Samaria in the West Bank, you know that that if you if you have an ATM machine there, that bank could could become under scrutiny, right. could become part of the blacklisting or whatever. And and the fact that the United Nations is involved in drawing up such a list and the Human Rights Council and they the now they're talking about apartheid state report and the report that they're preparing about the costs of the occupation for fifty years. This becomes fodder for going to the International Criminal Court or in some future negotiations demanding reparations, saying, look, the United Nations said this is how much money we lost because of the, quote, occupation. This is a week when people should be reminded about the how did they come into this situation. Did Israel close the Straits of Tehran? Did Israel throw out the peacekeeping forces and and, and the West Bank because Jordan didn't listen to Israel's admonitions request? begging them to stay out of the war. All of them went to the king and King Hussein and begged him not to get in, and then he put his troops under Egyptian control because he really believed their side that they were winning in the war. I mean, people have to be reminded of this. It is, it is incredible to hear some of the reports, to see the op-eds. While people, most of the people are alive still from that period, or many are alive, who witnessed it, who remember it, and yet they completely rewrite the history. It's incredible. Look, in major newspapers and publications, rewriting the history of, of what happened and what the implications of the Six-Day War were. Was, was, this, yeah. was this one true, that Israel was ready to use an atomic bomb and detonate it in uh, the Sinai? 
first of all, I think Israel would always be extremely reluctant to introduce and said they will never be the first to use nuclear weapons. Second of all, if the circumstances required it, I think countries have to do what they have to do to protect their citizens from uh, from the annihilation that Nasser threatened, that the others threatened to drive Israel into the sea. Russia joined them in that threat, if you remember, and supported uh, oh, yeah. them. People don't remember what how isolated Israel was and the only arms they were getting from France. And then a few weeks before the war, France... Uh, backed off of it as well. I didn't even not, I didn't even realize the buildup pre-war on the Syrian border near the there, Golan. Of course, and uh, yes, absolutely, and and uh, and Israel was facing it from all sides, uh, and the uh, the world did not who, who had guaranteed, including the United States, the freedom of passage in the Straits of Tehran, which was essential for all the exports of Israel. They they did not do anything. To, to enforce the international, let alone to keep the peacekeeping force there or the other things and all the other provocations uh, that took place leading up to it. And those who, who remember those months before, Israel's survival was in doubt. People today see of Israel see Israel as much stronger. It was not the same circumstance then, and and it was totally alone. Right. No question about it, except for one. Totally alone, except for one being, except for one being that made sure a miracle would occur in a record amount of time. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on our beloved NSN app. By the way, on the Jerusalem resolution in the Senate, it went ninety to nothing in favor. Well, in favor, maybe the wrong word, in support of Israel and in support of pressuring um, uh, President Trump to move. The embassy. So, for people like me who are always yelling at people like you about this issue, it's good to see that uh, again, American Jewish leadership has done its job and has gone ahead and uh, made sure that the Senate would go ahead and hold the president's feet to the fire on this. It's important to keep that pressure on. Absolutely, and I have to credit Chuck uh, Schumer and Senator McConnell, uh, McConnell, who who led this uh, effort, and the uh, hopefully will be similar measures in the House. It doesn't work exactly the same way, but it's a very important because it, it it is a reaffirmation, and this is what we had sought of the '95 law, right. which includes about the and moving the embassy and all of the other aspects, whether it's uh, from granting passports and let's say Jerusalem, Israel, for those born in Jerusalem, has many ramifications. But it was a very strong statement, and when it passes by that majority in a Senate so split. Uh, I think it's even a stronger declaration. I know we got to go to Qatar and Iran, but give me just two things here first. When you see the whole Sears, Amazon, Free Palestine shirts and the whole that whole, you know, my reaction is I never know if it's true. You know, when you see this stuff, you know, all of a sudden go viral on the web, you have no idea if the, if it's really happening or not. What's your reaction when you see that? It's actually a good reaction. I think you're right. You have to be skeptical because there's so so many things that end up, and then people exert a lot of energy, and we find out that it's not quite the way it was portrayed, because anybody can put this up, and anybody, right. you can see they're hacking every government in the world, they can certainly hack a Sears uh, website, but uh, in this case it wasn't Sears, admitted they'll take it down. I, I just don't understand how it gets up in the first place. I mean, these things get, get that they have no one who who looks at this and says, hey, this is, this is a political statement, this is uh, very controversial, we should not be we should not be promoting this uh, item, and uh, but they responded immediately to, to its removal. The problem is it was also up on other sites, I think, according to the reports. I never checked the other sites, though. Right.
Also, the second thing is we mentioned the UN, and I know the Prime Minister of Israel was in Africa this week. He comes back, proclaims that we're going to see a change in the way African nations vote in the UN. But am I right that every time an Israeli leader says that, when push comes to shove, we rarely see that change in the African votes of the UN? Well, we do see some change and some shifting of, of the votes that, that has taken place. We've seen more abstentions by African countries, and it, this is a process. Remember, there's been many years, decades of estrangement when they were forced after the, after the Six-Day War, one other the outcome, that uh, countries that had very close relations with Israel broke because they were promised that pot of gold at the end of the oily rainbow, that the Arabs put pressure on them to, to disassociate and that they would compensate them for it. And the, uh, the, the, this is a process now. This is the second trip to Africa, and there will be a third one uh, coming up by the Prime Minister. And we have very close relations with many of the African countries and leaders. It's imperative. Africa is a, is a frontier. It, it, Israel has much to offer them, and that's what they say. And, and many African leaders are visiting Israel so much so that it hardly even gets proper news attention uh, when they come there. And one of the things is that the king of Togo, who has declared that he is Jewish, so he's really come far. And uh, uh, the reception the prime minister got was was really very warm and very positive. Yeah, pretty amazing. A lot of technology and other things that I know the African uh, countries, the African nations, so one from Israel. Um, all right, the Emir of Qatar. All right, so the, so is this what happened? What happened was when he starts to uh, describe tensions with the president, meaning President Trump. And when he's, you know, recommending that his country get closer with Iran, and when he praises the militants of Hamas, is that when Saudi Arabia and others decide to distance themselves from Qatar's statements? Well, in fact, this has been a long, long process that Qatar has flirted with terrorists. They've supported Hamas. They support the Muslim Brotherhood. They provided funds to some of the militia in Syria. ISIS or not? They have... There are accusations that they supported ISIS, but they certainly supported other of the radical groups in in uh, Syria, and no doubt that they became the major funder, especially after Iran pulled out of uh, of uh, Hamas, and the Hamas leaders were were in Doha supposedly the week that Sunday before the break with them. They actually uh, kicked them out, or said they kicked them out, but we know that it's a revolving door. They kick them out and they come back in the back door. The um, and if you wonder how that these radicals, but one, one second, but the sure. really one of the big provocations uh, was the the con- constant criticism uh, by Al Jazeera, which is funded by Qatar, which has a civilian population of a couple hundred thousand uh, out of a total of uh, over a million, but most of them are foreign workers, and they they um, they used Al Jazeera to promote Muslim Brotherhood against President Sisi in Egypt, against the Saudi government, constantly uh, uh, playing with the Iranians and believe, uh, uh, trying to undermine some of their uh, neighboring regimes. And uh, this, these are all things that contributed uh, to this uh, buildup. And I think maybe when they got together in Riyadh, they said enough is enough, and they gave them uh, an ultimatum to, to start to to back off and you get Egypt, Saudi Arabia, the UAE, uh, others to to, uh, um, uh, to to unite and to take a common stand. Did and they, they've cut them off by sea, by air. This is a huge move. Did they did yeah. they in fact back off? 
Not yet, but they, they so the Iranians offer them ports and, and the right to fly over, but uh, the, the majority of their trade is, is with their neighbors and their access. The, um, the, the Iranians are now talking about the fact that they could benefit from the billion-dollar food imports that uh, Qatar does every year. Uh, we have another consideration, and that is that we have a huge Air Force base with 10,000 Americans there. But I believe that that, uh, UAE, uh, that uh, Qatar will not do anything to threaten it. Or to, they threaten to close it, but they won't because, A, it protects them. Yeah, they have the most <laughs> modern Air Force fleet in the world sitting in and in their backyard. ready to protect them. And second, that, that uh, you know they make a fortune from it, yeah. supplying the the 10,000 Americans uh, that are there. All right, so not that we needed any evidence, any further evidence, but now we know even even more so why there's no problem funding funding these radical organizations and why when it comes to Gaza, for instance, and the Egyptian border, why there's essentially unlimited money. I mean, there's unlimited support, if, right? I mean, I know that this is overstating the obvious, but if Qatar is involved to the degree that you're describing, there's, there's, it's, there's never a money issue when it comes Qatar's- to these- Per capita income is one hundred thirty thousand dollars a person, um, the highest in the world because they have uh, they they found a lot of gas as opposed to all their neighbors who are oil that they have gas and they have the the biggest LNG liquid nat- uh, gas um, exporter and uh, and the income comes to the government and to the Altani family and then. The people get uh, live a good lifestyle, but most of them don't work because they have all these foreign workers doing the, the actual labor, and uh, all they have to do is capture the gas, and, and they've been selling it. Right. Then he, they've gotten involved in, in the, the political manifestations in the region, and while it could be an idyllic place, they have uh, they also had tremendous fights of sons overthrowing the fathers, uh, history of that, and the... Um, and and the flirtations with Iran, their oil, their gas field rather, uh, is contiguous with that of Iran, what we call South Pars. You know, we've discussed it over the years because people they were going to explore it, and and they have not really uh, done so yet. But the, the, Qatar has to consider what the implications are. The fact that uh, that their uh, gas field bleeds into that of of um, Iran. All right, two things. Number one, was President Trump correct in taking the credit for this, meaning there would not have been this type of reaction from countries like Saudi Arabia, UAE, etc., if not for the fact that he was in office? I have no idea. No, I mean, we know what, how can you tell now whether what they would have done? They may have more confidence now, believing that the United States is back in the region and the meeting in Riyadh, bringing them together, putting Saudi Arabia up front, but you also have a, a young generation, MBS in, in Saudi Arabia, MBZ in the UAE, others, who are much more forceful. And having CC in Egypt um, aligned with them, and I think the King of Morocco, others, uh, has also emboldened them. All right, and, and last week we discussed what's happening on the, uh, the Gaza border. I alluded to the fact that, God forbid, there could be action there this summer, and you agreed it's possible, and we went through all that. Uh, again, because... And, and and this is because of the Iranian and now understanding the Qatar influence in that region, meaning if they want to go ahead and fund or demand that the Muslim Brotherhood or ISIS for that matter, or really or Hamas, after all, you know, our public supporters of Hamas, that they should go ahead and start action on that border, they're essentially in control at that point. Right? That that who's in control? I mean at this point I would say Qatar as well, but the Iranians and them 
at this point could give a directive to Hamas that it's time to start trouble at that area. Oh, absolutely. They, they, um, well, we'll have to see whether they're able to con- continue to contribute and fund them. They were cutting back, we believe, but Iran was increasing the funding to Hamas. And Hamas and Iran boast the fact that they control Hamas, Hezbollah, that they have Israel surrounded on two sides. One of the, are trying to do it on the Golan uh, side, and we saw stories this week of, of IRGC presence getting closer, and there were some military actions uh, unattributed, but uh, what, what may highlight the effort, uh, Israel's commitment to keeping them away from uh, from their border. Uh, so absolutely, that they they are uh, a very strong influence on, on what um, on what Hamas does, and now we see Turkey getting into it on the side of uh, of Qatar, uh, trying to be relevant for one thing, but also uh, against Saudi Arabia. So this is this has a lot of regional implications. There are a lot of things that could come out of this yet. Yeah, and Turkey never really, I don't know, it never it never seems that they care about not being on Israel's side or, you know, or, or going to the quote-unquote other side in the region? Or, or is he still really, you know, sitting on the fence and, and you know, double-talking each and every time? President Erdogan, you yeah. mean, of Turkey? Yeah. It, it, well, he, he, I think he does that as a rule, but, uh, you know, he has taken some erratic measures uh, within his own country. Um, but in, in this case, he hasn't rushed and he's taken uh, steps, but he's, he, they, they authorized the Turkish parliament even sending troops to, um, to, to, to Qatar. So, again, uh, we should not underestimate. And remember, this also relates to the support of different groups in Syria, where Iran, they just reported this week, has 42 brigades and 138 battalions of the Shiite militia who've come from Afghanistan, Lebanon, Hezbollah, you know, the uh, Al-Aqsa brigades, the uh, Pakistanis, the Yemenis, uh, etc., Al-Aqila and Al-Aqsa brigades, and the... the, um, uh, so what's happening there, and somehow mirrors what's happening in, affects and reacts to what's happening in uh, Syria and in the region as a whole. This, this has a lot of implications, and the funding that goes to terrorists, if Qatar is really cut back, and Saudi Arabia too has to look at its own record in some of these areas, but uh, Qatar is being... Uh, Restricted, or if it would restrict its funding that goes to terrorist organizations and throws out Hamas and these other and and their support for terrorist groups generally, it will make a difference in the region. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> cutting off the funding is is obviously one of the most important things, and they have the ability to really cut off a lot of funding. Um, by the way, I'm so disciplined. I'm so curious what that sound is in the background over there, but I'm not asking Malcolm. <laughs> I don't know what it is either, but I know I see tanks rolling in. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering if Flatbush is under attack. I mean, my gosh. <laughs> it's the attack of the gardeners. <laughs> That's what it seems like. Uh, who's responsible for the attacks within Iran this week? That's a very good question. I'm not sure the answer uh, is uh, clear yet, but uh, it, they seem to be ISIS. And ISIS is responding to the fact that they've been attacked from uh, in Syria, and uh, the Iranians are, are playing a bigger role in that. Uh, ISIS is one of the uh, blocks for uh, uh, to Iranian designs to build that highway from Iran through Iraq, Syria, Turkey, part of the area ISIS controls, and they are obviously a block in fighting against the uh, Iran 
its expansive role there, but the role is expanding all the time in Syria. I mean, they're not putting their own soldiers, but the IRGC is clearly a dominant force there, so are others. Uh, and ISIS is striking back against the attacks against them, and, and the fact that they were able to carry it out on two locations, very iconic places in, in uh, Iran, is significant. That's just always so confusing. I think it's been like this essentially since the quote-unquote Arab Spring. It's almost impossible to, re- to understand sometimes which countries are aligned with what terror groups. because They switch. <laughs> they do, you're right. They do realign periodically, but you have to look at the Sunni-Shiite split. But sometimes it crosses the lines, as we see in regard to Qatar. But what and, I'm saying is, yeah. but, but I'm bringing it up in regard, you know, it's funny to hear, let I me mean, funny, it's interesting to hear about terror attacks within Iran, because we associate all terror groups with Iran. Yes, but Iran, this is not the first time, and, and often it doesn't get publicized here. It was so public and so visible, uh, and they have some internal dissension, too, uh, which people don't realize, and they do a very good job of suppressing it, uh, a very bad uh, bad thing, but a good job they do generally because you know, more than half the population are not really Farsis, and not, they're Baluchis and Azeris, and etc., uh, and they have a lot of dissent, especially amongst young people, and they're very, very uh, tough on, on it, uh, very uh, adamant in, in the Muhabarat's control over the society. But the um, but seeing it so visible, yes, was a, an unusual thing that that uh, that the whole world got to see it. By the way, you published in the Daily Alert. I think it was actually today the story from June first about the uh, arrests in Michigan. So are these are these terrorists that are you know thugs and you know underlings, or are these terrorists that are you know the heads of organizations in this country? Well, the arrests in Bronx, in the Bronx and in Michigan, of supposed Hezbollah operatives and. Uh, you know, they, these are um, yeah, these are real threats. These are Serious not, guys. Not, not things to be taken lightly. Well, I hope American authorities. Uh, I mean, I, I, I would guess they know about it. <laughs> I would assume. Well, they're they're the ones who carried out the arrest. <laughs> Understood. But, yeah, but I hope our people also take it seriously, and that we have to keep the pressure up because too often. You know, there's a revolving door justice for them, too. And people, this is not the only case we have right now. There was somebody who was sentenced this week. And we have to make sure that the sentences are serious and and that it's not, uh, you know, a slap on the wrist type of treatment. Malcolm Holmline joins me in uh, recognizing Radiohead and Brian Adams, two of the latest acts to not cave into the BDS movement. They are going to Israel, and, and this is happening, of course, by the hundreds. I think every single week we're hearing about more and more groups and acts and singers, etc., entertainers that are heading to Israel, which has to be recognized, no question about that. And see how many people are speaking out now against the BDS from that, uh, the entertainment industry and, and related industries who, who did not for a long time. At all 50 governors signed statements against BDS. You have legislation in more than 20 states against the boycott divestment movement, uh, and I hope that, um, I mean, we're still seeing the challenges, especially on campus, but uh, in the, and the United Nations uh, with its um, p- potential blacklisting. So, uh, the, uh, yeah, it's important because it's, it is a statement, and it's a statement that, that the BDS campaign will not win if we stand up to it. And finally, and uh, I'm not, I'm, I don't know if Malcolm joins me on this one, but I could certainly say that, uh, that we know from past history that when certain rallies and demonstrations and gatherings take place, 
uh, for the for certain purposes regarding a policy in the state of Israel, and they take place 6,000 miles away in this area. Very often those rallies turn into complete anti-state of Israel rallies. People should think twice, if not more, uh, before heading to a demonstration and gathering like that. I don't know if you want to join me on that one, but I wanted to make sure to uh, mention that during the Well, I segment. think people have to be very careful, and that's, told, that's why I started off by saying that we have to look at how we're seen in other people's eyes is is how we it is based in large part on how we see ourselves and that even if there might be a difference over a particular issue the, the world doesn't see it as a, as that issue they see us that Jews are turning against Israel at such a delicate and and uh, significant time that uh, the implications and the ramifications of it may not be what people even well-intentioned people, let alone others who will stand on Fifth Avenue and, and mock and make fun of, uh, uh, allow themselves to become the, the, the targets of mockery as well. Uh, so I think your message is important. Well said, Mr. Honline. Not that you need my approbation. Mazal Tov on the Bar Mitzvah, our best to the entire family. We will uh, speak Bezrat Hashem next week. Have a wonderful show. Be well. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Joins us Fridays for the weekly update here on JM in the AM. This time each and every Friday, every era of Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good day of Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Baha'aloscha. Parshas Baha'aloscha, according to the Chinuch, contains five mitzvos three positive and two restrictions. In reality, Parshas Baloscha is really like a roller coaster parsha. We can feel the positive uh, tension, excitement, when Moshe says to his father-in-law, No simanachnu, join us, because we are literally traveling, we are going, we're on our way to the, quote, promised land. And then, unfortunately, ouch, very shortly thereafter, it all comes crashing down. And the Torah hints at this, quote, thereafter, it all comes crashing down, by, interestingly, placing two psukim, the last two verses in chapter 10, are preceded and followed by the nunim hafuchim, the inverted letter nun. And the Talmud tells us that these two psukim, these two verses that we're all very familiar with, of Ahibin Soah Aron, which we recite each time we're privileged to take the Torah out of the Ark. And the second verse, Uvenucho Yomar, literally when it rested, when we put the Torah back into the Ark, these two verses are found at the end of chapter 11 prior to chapter 12. And the Talmud in the Gemara Shabbos, Kufte Zayin, Amar Aleph 116a, tells us, like, why are these two inverted nuns, or brackets, placed in the actual Torah itself? And the Torah tells us that, according to one opinion, the reason this is so is because, uh uh-oh, this is not 
its proper place. What does that mean? Really, and this is hinted at, says Rabbeinu Bachaya, by the Nun. The Nun is the number 50. And really, this paragraph, these two verses, belong 50 paragraphs back when the Torah describes at the beginning of the book of Bamidbar how the camps traveled and Bahibin Soharon is should have been 50 paragraphs earlier after the Torah describes first came the tribe and the camp of Judah then came the camp of uh, Reuven and in the middle came the Aron why is it placed over here? And why are there these brackets? To teach us that this is not its place. So if it's not its place, what's it doing here? So the Talmud tells us it's here in order to sick to create a pause. Between the various sins, transgressions that the Jewish people have unfortunately committed. And there are those that say that there in reality are three Puranus, three transgressions, and the Torah is placing these two verses here rather than have three bad things in immediate succession, because that would create, literally, an environment of puranus, of adversity, for the world. So before we go on, I think this concept is such a powerful one. It's basically reiterating for us that which we find at the very end of the Gemara Brachos, on page 64a, whereby Rebbe Lazar said in the name of Rabbi Hanina, and we're more familiar with this as we recite this um, at the conclusion of the Enkelokeno section on Shabbos, and we cite the verse from Yeshaya, whereby v'chol bonayich limude Hashem v'rab shlom bonoyich, meaning that all your children will be students of Hashem, and all your children will have peace. And the Talmud understands it to mean: Do not read bonoyich, your children, but bonoyich, your builders meaning that your children are builders. In what sense builders? So says Reb Chaim in his Nefesh HaChaim that literally man by his positive actions builds a sense of positivity, if I can use that term, in this world and God forbid by his transgression builds negativity into this world. And so, what we have here is something so significant as to the effect of man's actions. Hence, 
the Torah did not want three Puranus to create an environment of adversity by three negative actions following in succession. What is the first of these three negatives? Says the Talmud, Vayisu Mehar Hashem. Literally, and they traveled from the mountain of Hashem, a journey of three days. Now, wait a second. Let's understand what's happening here. Back at the burning bush, God says to Moshe, 50 days after you leave Egypt, you're going to come to this mountain, and you're going to serve God on this mountain. We receive the Torah. And after that, Hashem says to Moshe, I'm going to take you into the promised land. So now it's the time to go to just that, the land flowing with Cholav Udvash, milk and honey. What's wrong when the Torah says that they traveled from the mountain of God? Says Tosvos, in quoting the Medrash Yilam Denu, that unfortunately they didn't just travel from the mountain of Sinai, but what they did was Ketinok Hayotsemi Beis Hasefer, Sheboreachlo, like a young child who leaves the schoolhouse. He runs. If you were to stop and ask him, where are you running to? He might not be so sure. If you ask him, where is he running from? He knows exactly where he's running from. And this was precisely what happened with the Jewish people at this time. Now you might say to me, where are we getting this from? And I'd like to suggest, having seen years ago, a very perceptive understanding that here it says Vayis'u, and they traveled, which sounds very orderly. If you recall, the Torah tells us back in Bishalach, right after the sea splits and the Jewish people are collecting the wealth and booty that the Egyptians had brought with them, they bedecked their horses and chariots with gold and silver, and the Jewish people were collecting that wealth. The Torah says over there in chapter 15, Pasuk 22, Vayasa Moshe es Yisrael. Moshe caused Israel to journey, meaning Israel didn't want to leave. Give us a few more minutes, Moshe, please, come on, please. And they were trying to put more and more wealth in their pocket. Here, What they should have done, yes, we have to go, yes, we're going to the land of Israel, but they should have left with a krechts, they should have left with a sigh, oi, we don't want to leave the mountain of God, after all, we were privileged to get so many mitzvos here, had we only stayed, maybe we would have gotten more mitzvos, and for this people, who were on such a high spiritual level, this was considered a transgression on their part. And interestingly, we try to undo just this attitude. And therefore, there is a very strong statement by the Taz in Simon Kuf Lamid Beis, 132 in Orachayim, where he quotes the Bach and he says, I want you to know, Ani Rogil 
Lomar miyushav. I am accustomed to recite daily. Okay, sitting down. Acharat fila. After I finish prayer, the last verse in chapter one forty in Tehillim. Ach tzadikim yodu lishmecha, yeshvu yeshorim esponecha. Righteous men, says King David, shall surely praise your name, and the upright shall dwell in your presence. What we are saying, says the Taz, by citing that verse, is that most individuals, after praying in the morning, they have to, quote, go to work, understandably. But rather than just get up and leave the synagogue, they sit for a moment and they, by citing this verse, there is much as saying, I wish I could stay here all day. Unfortunately, I've got to go on. And again, it's an attitude. It's that krechts that we do. We don't want to leave the house of God. Interestingly, in the Shulchan Aruch, Orachayim, Simon Sadi, chapter 90, paragraph 20, the author of the Shulchan Aruch writes that when you go into a synagogue, don't sit in the very back row, unless, unfortunately, there's nothing other place. Why? You should go in what he calls a shear of shnei psachim, a, an amount of approximately, um, how many amos is that? Enough that it's going to basically show that you're not anxious to leave the base hakneses. You want to move into the shul. You're not looking to hurry out. Again, a very strong statement of attitude and purpose. Interestingly, what do we say on fr- Friday night when we sing that beautiful zemer of Kol Mikadesh Shvi'i? So in the third paragraph, we have Hamachrim in praise of the Jewish people. Hamachrim l'tzeismena Shabbos umemaharim lavo. Literally, those who delay the departing from the Shabbos and rush to enter it. Now, there are many that take in Shabbos early this time of the year. Wonderful. There is a mitzvah of Tosefa Shabbos, adding on to Shabbos. But let's be honest, many are doing it for convenience because they don't want to eat their Friday night meal at 9 o'clock. Young children, elderly people, good. That's fine. But listen carefully. It says first, Hama'achrim lotseis. It's one thing to take in Shabbos early, but it's another thing to delay its departure, keep it going. Don't look at the calendar and say, oh, Shabbos is over at this moment and now. No, I want to keep it going. This concept of want to keep it going is literally the way we atone for Vayisu Meihar Hashem, from literally traveling from the mountain of God, lest He give us more. We use the attitude 
that we want more. And finally, perhaps this can be one of the explanations for that opening Rashi, whereby in the first paragraph we're told that Aaron lit the menorah, and by asking Aaron, Aaron did what he was told to do. And Rashi says, Shaloshina, it comes to teach us that he did not deviate. Usually understood to mean that each day he did it with excitement. But I'm going to suggest that as well, perhaps it means that Loshina, he stayed on that same level. He didn't change. Meaning that once he lit the menorah in the morning, it influenced his whole day. There was no running away from, just the opposite. It was maintaining the excitement the entire day. May we learn from our past to literally rectify the past and thereby making our present and future all the brighter. Shabbat Shalom to all. Fiedalach tanzen, niederlach taf, wenn ich im kleinen Gois in dem nahen Beisamigos, schäuf der alter Mame Stolz. Zieh unser, dies unser Mutter, Eloi keine unser Futter, Eieser, Agotta Gutter, er verlost uns nicht. Lomir Gott, ständig läuben, Wetter uns Koyach geben, alle Sonny mit Berleben, Ort und Wert nicht mit. Willen Fiedalach tanzen, Niederlach taf, wenn ich im kleinen Gräus in dem Nahen Beisamig, durch euch der alter Mame Scholz. In die Herzen reindringen, ich soll's lulim, wett und klingen, euch der Welt barin. Wer es will zu uns noch kommen, will mir ganz schön euch nehmen, will keinem nicht verschämen, wie mir noch uns verschämt.
He is the greatest. He's an amazing friend, most importantly, and he's one of the world's best entertainers. And as far as I'm concerned, one of the best representatives of the Jewish people. He is the one and only Dudu Fisher. And as I promised, he's visiting us for a few minutes here on a Friday morning Erev Shabbos at JM in the AM. Good morning, New York. Dudu Shalom. Shalom, Shalom. How are you? I haven't seen you in a while. It has been a long time, actually. Yeah, that's right. Nice it to was. reunite. We must it we was. must choose where we're going to dinner. We have to choose. Not today, of course. But at some point in the future, you and I have to go out. You must have a lot of free dinners. No you think so? You think so? I don't know. <laughs> Let's go free. I was going to try to find the third person to pay for it. <laughs> this coming Sunday, Dudu, <laughs> this coming Sunday, Dudu Fisher is in concert. It's happening at 5 p.m. at the Strikers Center in New York City. Uh, the show is called Jerusalem, correct? The show is called Jerusalem. Very appropriate. You know, it was just the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem. That's right. I know you don't. Know. That's kidding. right. Um, and this is happening. Uh, and this is happening in New York. So I got to get the exact address for everybody. Oh, here it is, Stryker Hall. It's right here. It's one East Sixty Fifth Street in New York. One East Sixty Fifth Street in New York. It's called Stryker Center. Right. Uh, five o'clock. Five o'clock in the afternoon. So people who wants to watch the Tonys, they can watch the Tonys. Well, not just that. People <laughs> go to your show and then go out to dinner afterwards. Dinner, that's right. Which is perfect. That's what somebody told me that yeah. he he doesn't know if he's going to come because he has a. Uh, 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 Anniversary. I said, right. it's great. Come bring your wife to right. the show and then go for dinner. Eight o'clock. <laughs> you're sitting in the restaurant having a blast. Exactly. No yeah. pressure. The dinner no before pressure. the show and all that. No and pressure. No pressure. All right. It's so great. that's this coming Sunday. Everyone can enjoy Dudu Fisher. Striker Center is 1 East 65th Street in New York City. By the way, the show, just to show you how prominent this is, will have a special introduction by Israeli Ambassador Danny Dayan, who's going to be there. That's right. So. That's right. How did you spend? Did you get to Israel for the fiftieth or not? Did you end up going or not for the when? Just now for the fiftieth anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem. No, I was away. You were away. I so. was away. Yeah. I was wondering how you were to spend that time because you've been part of yeah. some amazing celebrations in Israel. I mean, when, yeah. especially when yeah. it comes to Yerushalayim. That's boy, right. Boy. Yeah, I'm doing a lot about Jerusalem. First of all, I'm. First of all, we just did a PBS show, yeah. which was shot in Jerusalem. Why does PBS love you so much? My gosh, I don't know. Don't I'll they know what kind of Zionist you are? I'll, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the amazing thing. It is amazing. When I when I suggested to do a show about Jerusalem, they were they showed me a, sh- a cold shoulder, you know. Of course. Because it was the 50th reunification and everything. 
But then my wife, who is my producer also now and manager, right. Revital, she said, let me go talk to them. I said, what are you going to talk to them? I mean, she barely speaks English, <laughs> really. She, she spoke. I mean, now her English is much better after a year. But then she couldn't. So I said, all right, go talk to them. So we set a meeting. She went in. And she came out, and I see her fingers. She's going like Thumbs this. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. I said, what happened? She said, I don't know. They said uh, politically correct, not politically correct, no political, political. I said, I said to them, no political, nothing political. Jerusalem is ours. Now we can talk. <laughs> and they agreed? And they agreed, you know. So this is all I, they, do they? I wonder if they get reaction from the other side i wonder if they get people who think you're you're too lined up with yeah yeah i'm sure they do i'm sure they do because it's not the first time but, they're doing a but show let with me you. tell you about this show something interesting very interesting because you know when when you give them a show they put it on the on the cloud right and all the stations were independent uh around the country two, there are 200 and something stations right. They all vote if they want to take the show or not. Right. Usually you get 20%, 25%. Bocelli gets 40%. You know, I got 90% for this show, which never happened before. It shows in every station in America. It's unbelievable. Over 90%. And it's really, it, it's really amazing. So now we're doing shows together with PBS. We go to Chicago. We're going to... And all of them uh, Jerusalem. That's the Jerusalem show, yeah. Uh, Dudu Fisher is here. How similar is it to the Branson, Missouri, Jerusalem show? Is it similar or not? No, no, no. Oh, it's really? Diff different? It's different. It's different. Yeah, that, because that you also said appeal to the center, the middle of the country. Yeah, really but that was that was more for Goyim. You know, it was right. a Goyish show, like a, like a Goyish, and the stories were Goyish. Well, I would think that PBS would be that similar. No. Yeah, but the, with PBS, what happened was that they said, "Look, you want to do a show about Jerusalem? Okay, but not all the songs has to be about Jerusalem. You know, mm. not everything." So you can we, do Lamiz. That's right. So, <laughs> so we, a so we do a little bit of that and a little bit of, also in the show. I'm not doing a show only about Jerusalem because it's very difficult right. to keep a crowd with songs which they never heard of. You right. know, never doesn't know. So I'm I do put myself also in because let's be fair. I mean, the energy that we get is from Jerusalem. Right. I mean, so even if I sing Lamiz, it comes from there. I mean, as what I say on the show, what I say in the show is that every time before I go out from Israel, I go to Jerusalem. And it's true. We go to Jerusalem, to the Kotel. Even if you're in Tveria. Especially now. So even if you're in Tveria. Tveria from to Jerusalem is not, not so far it's because so we, go, we go from Bika, you know, Kvisha Bika. Right. And, uh, and we go a lot now to King David's tomb. So, uh, which so, is right there. Yeah. So we go there, and I always say that I take I take the same shoes that I'm doing the show with, and I'm picking up some dust in Jerusalem, and I'm spreading it on the stages and around the world wherever I go. Avati Ratika. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, like symbolically, it's it gives me a lot of energy, you know, to go there, and 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 to pray there, and 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 from there to take off. You're even more spiritual than I remember. Much more. I became very, very spiritual the last year. Uh, much more religious. Uh, much uh, a bigger believer. Um, I'm not doing any more things that I used to do. Hmm. Um, yeah. You've um, eliminated certain things from your repertoire. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say from the repertoire, but from... I don't know. Yeah. But uh, the, so the show, what we do is we, we can do still so be friends, though, right? Oh, we can still be friends. We still could dinner, go, dinner. We still can go out to dinner. Dinner, that, dinner. That you're not course, eliminated. That course. you're not taking no, off. Chas chalila, chas chalila. <laughs> so I, I um, when you're I, when you're here, you're on the Upper West Side. 
When you're in America, where are you? What area of town? I have an apartment in, in uh, Midtown. Midtown. It's 57th and uh, 56th and the 7th. Okay. Now I know where to find you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so what we do is we do some some songs about Jerusalem, some stories about Jerusalem. Right. And then I go back to my routine. You know, I, I can't do a show without doing Les Mis or oh, my Kol Nidre. Yeah, you know, the, come on. So, so it's, uh, and, and to tell my story about the Shabbos. Nothing like Kol Nidre in June. And, Nothing and like today, it. And today, <laughs> <laughs> and today I, I really bring, uh, because I got very close to Chabad, you know, very, very, very close to Chabad. Like and, who? Who do you know from Chabad? I learned with the Rabbi Ginsburg. I don't know if you know Yossi Ginsburg. Yes. He's the rabbi of the yeshiva in Ramat Aviv in Tel Aviv. And you know, Rabbi Moti Elon became sure. Lubavitcher also. He became like very Lubavitcher. I mean, every. And I study with him because he lives in the same place, in Migdal, where I live. Migdal is right 10 minutes out of, uh, of Tiberias, and it's on the water, on the Kinneret. Wow. So it's a beautiful place. You can see the Kinneret from my house, and it's amazing. He had, he had some difficulties in the past. He had a lot of difficulties yeah. in the past, and now he opened a new Bes Midrash in, in Jerusalem. So you're very forgiving. You're uh, very, uh, I'm very yeah. forgiving, very forgiving, I, because I really don't think that anything happened there. I mean, he's, uh, he's that, pure. Okay. He's that. pure, like, like uh, I'm telling you, like, 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 like. Uh, okay, we have to discuss that. Like milk. Okay. And um, so I, I love him, and I, I do classes with him also. I learn with him a lot. Actually, on my way here, I, I, I listen to his uh, Parashat Shavua. That, Mordechai. That he said, yeah, that's right, that he sends, he sends out. But he sends out every, right. every, every day it. now, every day. You get a portion of the week, and it's great. It's lovely. That's what you were doing on your way down here? Yeah, in the, in the taxi. That's what I was... Uh, I that, thought you'd be nervously preparing for my questions. <laughs> 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 That's how you spent your time on the way down here. <laughs> Instead of panicking no, about know, what you know, we're, do, ask we're you. doing, we're doing shows. You know, we do, we do a project. And already you think about the next project right. and the next project. Oh, is, I know what that's like. <laughs> what's the next project going to be like? Oh. No, oh. I'm saying I know what it's like to think the second you're involved in something, you think of the next thing. Yeah. So now we're planning now the 70th uh, oh. birthday of a- Israel. April 19th, 2018, Israel 70. We're going to be there. Bezrat Hashem. We're what? already planning as well. April. Why April, April? 19th. Because Zion, uh, because uh, Dalid Er next year is April nineteenth. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. Am I giving the wrong date? Is it so because is, is because it May? because we're going to do something here and uh, we're talking now to Medicine Square Garden, <gasps> the theater, the theater. Yeah, it's a beautiful theater. Yeah, it's a beautiful theater. So we're talking about Medicine Square Garden. Maybe we'll bring some more guys to sing with me, uh, Zionist guys. Are you doing it on the uh, on that date on that Dafka that date? No, I think we're going to do it in November, Dafka. Oh, good. Yeah, so I could be there if you want. So it's my birthday and everything. Yeah. Ah, so you see, hey, yeah. hey, er is Friday, so Dal- which I don't do. They don't observe Yom Atzmut on Friday, right? So Dalit so er is a, April ninth, Thursday, April it's 19th. A nitre, it's a nitre. It's a mukdam. Actually. It's a mukdam. Ah, they're gonna make it mukdam. Yeah. Okay. So it's Dalit er April nineteenth, twenty eighteen. For I'm Israel probably gonna 17. be there because I'm gonna be with the March of the Living because I go ah, ev- every right. day, every year. I go with the March of this the Living. This is the year I should do that. This is the year I should come join you. Come join me, and, and then we'll do the show for Israel. You'll be my guest. I, I'm, I'm going to talk Thank to you. them. I'm going to talk to them. This is the year. You should, you should come there because it's after so many years, uh, and and it's it's an amazing project. Can I you mean, imagine with seven? Well, you've probably been there for sixty or fifty. You were probably there for. for I did that for twenty ones. times right. or something, and every year. But it's 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 every year. It's uh, more emotional even right. for me. Uh, so it's amazing. So what we do is we do this, and then we go back to Israel for Yom Atzmaut. Right. 
and uh, we are we're doing yeah we're doing the whole spiel. See, there. I was never into this because my father felt it was inappropriate for Jews to go and and fund anything in Eastern Europe, including visits to the camps. Yeah, but this is fun funding. This is a uh, mammon, you know. It's no, money. It's money. But but the feeling that yeah, you get there, and, I get it. And Israelis, but I think it's young, time for me young to do Jews it. who go there, young Jews from all over the world, kids, right. you know, they come there, they get out from there different. Right. They're different no, people. I, I think it's time for me to go. I think you're right. This coming Sunday, and I'm sorry to cut you short. You have to come back. We need like an hour together. Seriously, I'm going to come back. There's of so course, much of course I'm going to come back. What are you doing next it's, couple of weeks? You're in America. Or thank Israel? God. Thank God. We're, we're nearly sold out. So it does. Oh, it does Baruch Hashem. Yeah, Baruch Hashem. Yeah, it's fine. What's the story? Yeah. Next couple of weeks, you're here or you're in Israel. What are you doing next? No, couple I'm of going weeks? back on Tuesday. Oh, wish my daughter a uh, happy graduation this Sunday. This Sunday she graduates from high school. Oh, Mazel Tov. Nice. She'll be in. Um, I think the the school she's going to next year is in Ramat Beit Shemesh, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, great, yeah. great. So yes, yeah, so we got a Mazel Tov to everybody at Mayanot Yeshiva High School. A lot of graduations. Mazel Tov. You're leaving. <laughs> you're leaving Tuesday, I'm so leaving we cannot Tuesday. do dinner before you leave. That would be impossible. No, I and you can't we'll visit us. Here I don't. We'll do it in Israel because in the, during the summer I'm going to be there because yeah. I have some projects there. And uh, where should we go? And then we'll see. What What, what do you think? That this guy said that in Tel Aviv, this place, the Wall, is very good. Have you been to it? Yet? The Wall, yeah, the Chin- Chinese place, the Wall. Really, That's I've never heard about I it. I think it's called the Wall. I think it's from Chinese Olim, Olim from China. That's why it's such a good restaurant. Olim from me? China, really have built it over there. Yeah, Anrachov. Uh, Where? Oh, I can't believe I forgot the name. I forgot the name of the street. I have to look it up for you. We're gonna, okay. have to, we're gonna have to, I and then you're for. there until until Yontif. You're in Israel till Yontif. No, no, no. I'm ca- I'm going to Europe. I have uh, some concerts in Europe, and uh, and you still haven't decided where I you're did. gonna be. Rosh Hashanah Kippur. So if a shul wants you, they should grab you because you still don't know if you're gonna. <laughs> That's right, but they, it has to be Orthodox. <laughs> an Orthodox shul that wants Dudu Fisher, they should get their bids in now because That's you have you, have you have not yet decided where you're gonna be for Rosh Hashanah Kippur. That's right, 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 right. I mean, we have some some ideas. You know, there's some synagogues that... on this island that wouldn't mind having you. You know oh, that. maybe I'm going to come to your shul. Well, not mine, but... Uh, but no, to, what's what's the name yeah, of the shul? that's right in Staten Island. What's yeah. the, no, what's the name of the shul here? Oh, here? The, no, here the shul you're talking about is Bialystoker. Yeah, the Bialystoker. Right. That's what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's the shul to come. Correct. That's a good They shul. have a lot of daveners here? I, I'm not here, Rosh Hashanah. Remember I'm the Chazan in Staten Island? Remember the whole story? Oh, right, right, Remember right, me right, and yeah. you always with the Yes, Hazanas, yes, yes, you know? yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I remind you that this coming Sunday, Dudu Fisher's show begins at 5 p.m. at the Stryker Center, 1 East 65th Street in New York City. Um, special introduction by Israeli Ambassador Danny Dayan. Information at 212-507-9580, 212-507-9580. I really do wish we had more time, Dudu. I apologize. Good Shabbos. Good Shabbos, shows. everybody. Tadaraba. Thank you for everything. It is time to say good job. It's his journeys at JMAM. Candle lighting time at 8.06 in the New York area. Many synagogues begin earlier. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Mazal tov to Rafi Fishbaum and to Matt and Shani Fishbaum. Rafi's Bar Mitzvah, the new Springville Jewish Center. Tomorrow, we say mazal tov from all of us here at JMAM. And to all the graduates, including our friends at Mayanot Yeshiva High School, mazal tov to you from all of us at JM in the AM. It's shining through the trees. Good job is
once all your work is done I'm gonna spend the day together with the Holy One Say a special blessing on a cup that's filled with wine Man and his creator, it's a very special sign Your candles will be burning They'll fill your home with light Singing songs of Shabbos Well into the night So throw away your hammer There's nothing left to do Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSingle.com, on the NachumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Well, I thank everybody, including Dudu Fisher, for participating in today's amazing radio broadcast. Naomi Nachman is next. Naomi is next with a variety of guests. She'll be speaking with... um, Jill Deshay, Victoria Dweck, Moses Wendell, and Alex Remmer, all part of Table for Two. Then, of course, the Arab Shabbos Music Mix brought to you by Wonderful Friends at Kedem. Mark Zomik's Friday Live Lunch at 1 p.m. Eastern Time brought to you by Wonderful Friends at Kedem. Tomorrow night, Saturday night, Seagull with Avrami. Matis JM Sunday on Sunday morning beginning at 7 a.m. Unbelievable. And Nachas, Nachas joins us this coming Monday morning at 8 o'clock. Nachas with his brand new album this coming Monday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Time right here at JM in the AM. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Great weekend, everybody. Till Monday, Nachum Siegel reminding you 
Remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.